and yeah, I got, what if I throw some mad energy at some of those honeys on the on the socias? I mean, we've been trying to get you to do that. What? That's not true. Uh-huh. I thought we were in agreement. I feel like such a creeper if I send any girl a message via social media. Well, you are a creeper unless she's interested. But that's the thing. So is, then it doesn't matter. No. If she's not interested, then it doesn't matter if you did it or not. I'm already going into the situation assuming that this is coming across way too creepy. Maybe you just start with a headshot. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing, first image. Is Enough said. Yeah, wait till you see that it's been seen. <laughs> and then you just say, hey, what's up? Do you like what you see? That's actually, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. All right. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to It's Free Time Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship. Mm-hmm. All right. Good intro. I'm and John tired. Gerdler. Good evening. I got listeners. Un poco sleep. Un poco? Yeah. I feel like we're missing Zach's piece of him addressing the listeners. Like, he's good about saying, hello, listeners. And That's he, like, true. addresses It's been a long time. I I'm, yeah. Shout out to Zach Brown, our, our missing colleague right now. Wherever he may be. Well, I mean, he's probably at his house. (laughs) Shout out to you, listeners, including (laughs) Zach Zach Brown. Brown. (laughs) Yeah, we kind of took a break. And Megan and the cats. Megan and the cats. That's a band if I've ever heard one. Megan and the cats. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just thinking of Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. (laughs) Megan and the Pussycats. Oh gosh. Uh, We took a little bit of a break. Uh, during the holidays, as most people do, but we're we're back at it, and we're still chucking along with the horror films. I was happy we picked this because I didn't realize you hadn't seen this. Well, we pick. You tell me, Peter. Wait, I picked it. I don't know who picked. I didn't it. pick it. It's kind of a group the group think. Did we all pick it? Kind of. Well, Mark it. Mark like told us. Mark runs a tight ship. Together. One, One, two, two three. three. Insidious. Insidious. Oh, my. <laughs> what movie did you watch? <laughs> it's sinister. Wait, we didn't do Insidious? Guys, we're in rare form. 2021. <laughs> <laughs> new podcast, new us. Or, I mean, new year, new us. <laughs> Same podcast. <laughs> Who dis? Who dis? Sorry, I got the vaccine. I'm a little dopey. <laughs> a little dopey. But, yeah, we did Ethan Hawke's Sinister. Well, I should say Ethan Hawke. <laughs> he, he didn't make the movie. <laughs> Sinister, starring Ethan Hawke. Directed by Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, 2012. It's not. <laughs> it's not wait, what did you say? Catherine Bigelow? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. European <laughs> Gigolo. No. Oh, Scott Erickson? Yeah, I, see, I didn't recognize the name, so I just threw one in I knew. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else he's done. Oh, he did Doctor Strange. That's bizarre. Oh, he did that Exorcism of Emily Rose, too. Remember that? That's one where it's like the tr- yeah. half trial movie, half mm-hmm. exorcism. Oh, we should watch that one. Should we? As a group. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, but this is a movie, Peter, me and you saw in college. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember we went and saw this in theaters. I remember really liking it at the time. Um, it definitely, like, the jump scares got me. And I thought the, like, drawn out scariness of certain scenes, like the videos or like the eight millimeter video. Successful. It scared me. Wasn't, it spooked me. Wasn't this on the top of the list recently of like the scariest movie based on heart rate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. I forgot about that. And I, while I don't think the movie itself is the scariest movie I've ever seen, I understand, because we talked about this when that article came out, that it was probably the the scenes where they were watching the videos. Yeah. Or probably the scenes where everyone's heart rate went through the roof. But the rest of the movie probably like flatlined. <laughs> and then the creepy kids. Yeah, creepy kids. Running and jumping. I thought this movie had all the elements that you would want in a scary movie. I I really like, not to play my hand early, show my hand early, but I really like this movie. You did. 
It had <laughs> it had murder. It had spooky ghost man. It had Ethan Hawke in a sweater. Had <laughs> spooky kids. Spooky. Oh kids. gosh, yes. It had MacGyver esque murders. Like it had everything you wanted. It had a a guy who you call Bagul because they probably couldn't say Boogeyman. So that's fun. What else do you want in a scary movie? Peter, on your second viewing, though? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> on your second viewing, did you enjoy Oh, this isn't your second viewing, I imagine. It's not. But on this viewing, did you still maintain the same level of, oh, this is a fun horror film? Well, so I came oh, into it, having seen it already, I was a little more critical of the plot and the beats. And, you know, there's some things that uh, don't make a lot of sense to me. There, are, Yeah. Certain things very much don't make sense. Uh, yeah. Can't slide one past old Pete. I mean, actually, if so, it's scary and it's really cool. And like the the videos are neat, and the kids are scary. Like like the kind of slow motion kids like jumping into the shadows and like just running into yeah. the side. That's cool. I was gonna say, I was like, one straight up like does the Kitty Pride from X Men like runs through a wall. <laughs> I guess good cool. comparison. Um, yeah. But yeah, like <laughs> if Bagul is supposed to have been there from the times of Babylon, I'm just wondering when he picked up his haunted camera. <laughs> yeah. he, he could use it. a new one yeah. <laughs> and like if it's been since then like why did the kids start in the 60s i guess that's with the camera but like you know i like i agree but at the same time if if the movie progressed through its laws if it progressed <laughs> technology wise as well so like by this point ethan hawk instead of finding the projector in the attic he finds like a laptop he finds like, some hieroglyphics <laughs> If we're going to the very beginning, no, some mean, cave art. I just mean if it had progressed to modern technology, it wouldn't be as scary oh, yeah. to find like an iPod, yeah, video. But he was to able find to a GoPro. <laughs> he was able to zoom enhance, zoom enhance. He did enhance a little too much. I see. I liked that. I it's. I feel like it's definitely logic, but I you could have seen a world where when he froze the film and it catches on fire. I know we were skipping way ahead. They definitely could have overlooked that, and I appreciated they brought up that you couldn't just pause film like that, burn a hole through it. So I, I did like that. Ah, oh, man. So going back to the beginning. It's a the, good yeah, Just the plot of this movie, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it is basically a true crime writer, Ethan Hawke's character, is investigating for his new book involving the disappearance of a child and the murder of her family. And he has moved in to that house. It's important because his wife asked, did we move into a house two doors down from the the murder house? And he's like, no, we did not. I promise. But once they move into this house, supernatural events take place. And that is the crux. They start immediately. Yeah, they start pretty, pretty rapidly. And can we say that Fred Thompson makes an appearance in this movie? Rest in peace. The old Tennessee senator. Oh, yeah. Who turned actor as the sheriff. Yeah, I forgot about that. I didn't realize he was dead, though. When did he die? I was actually about to look that up. I didn't get that far. (laughs) Don't come with half-truth, John. That's some investigative reporting right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the opening of this movie is pretty solid. Because it starts out right off the bat. You just see that family... Under the tree. The credits start with the sound of the film, which is good, too. Yeah, the eight millimeter just... And you just see this family bag over their head. You can't really see the ropes that well, which I like. The grain of the film makes it kind of like muddled. I like that. And so then you just see one tree branch fall, 
as like a lever system <laughs> that lifts the whole family up. You can see the saw. Yeah. Saw I didn't even notice branch. it at first because I guess yeah. you're not looking for that. And right. so like when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's one of those where it takes you by surprise. It's it's really one of my favorite openings in a horror. It's good because it's just it's not downhill from there, but it's just such a great just punch of like oh shit. Uh, but yeah, I get you. It sets the mood. Yeah, and it, it lets you know you're in for a not just a like spooky ghost story, but it's gonna be a dark ride. You know what I mean? And boy was it. <laughs> boy was it. So much at night. Yeah. Gosh, every time. Yeah, the budget of this movie was just nighttime. And can Ethan Hawke not turn on the lights? No, man. Right? Well, he's got to have it in darkness while he watches the films. <laughs> you don't watch. You don't watch classic films. No, but things go sun. bump every night, and he, instead of turning on one light, he just walks with a hammer or a bat, rather. That's a good point. Well, maybe he's afraid he'll accidentally hit one of his dumbass kids that's actually <laughs> wandering around this house. I think that's it's why a pride. Turn the lights on. It's a pride thing. He doesn't want to appear scared to to the sh- sheriff. What's his name from whatever it's called? <laughs> so and so. Sheriff so and so. Yeah. Deputy so and so. But yeah, we're introduced to Ethan Hawke and his fam. I do not like the family dynamic in the movie. Like, I have no sympathy towards the family. Yeah, that's fair. I agree with you. And also, like, it's interesting how they right off the bat let you know that cops won't be helping. Yeah. Because it's they, like the first scene, cops don't like him because of his books. Expose right. some of their corrupt. Because Ethan Hawke's character has written one highly successful, you know, Capote-esque, what is it called? Kentucky Blood? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called, you know, Kentucky Blood in the movie. Uh, and it was, you know, led to the you know arrest of the murderer or whatever he's cracked the case by writing that book and he's been chasing that fame ever since and all of his books have sucked since then and we're led to believe that one of one of the books led police in the wrong direction would let which let the real killer go free which is oh that was the premise over oh i thought he exposed like some corruption and like no no in kentucky blood he just caught the guy that the police couldn't oh okay okay i misinterpreted that and then in his other books that like i said sucked you know, they either were led nowhere, but in one case, it did lead to a guy getting out. Yeah, getting that out. shouldn't have. So, you know, he's he's not in a great place in his literary career. So this is like his last chance at the, the successful crime drama book. I don't know why he's so niched into true crime, though. Like, why can't he just write his own Well, apparently stories? he started in fiction. And he wasn't good at it? Yeah, and then he wrote Kentucky Blood, and he's like, oh, man, this is my breakout. I don't know. I, would, you, would either of you ever have any interest in writing true crime like that? Maybe a podcast. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> this was before true crime was, like, huge. I feel like in today's world, true crime is, like, a really big genre. That's true. I think it exploded because of the podcast, but at least, like, books-wise, I mean, he even said, like, he wanted to make his In Cold Blood, which was in the 60s. Yeah, 50s or 60s with Truman Capote. And that was like the first of its kind. So that's when it like really yeah. set off. John Grisham even did one. Was it very successful? I can't remember. I don't know. It's called like True Identity or something. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's such a weird genre to me of books. I feel like in many ways I almost agree with the police where like it kind of come, comes across disingenuous to like save information to publish a book. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a weird thing. But that's just a tangent. The Going back to the family dynamic, though. So, obviously, the kids are upset about the move. And the wife, who for some reason is British. Uh-huh. That's just a fun fact. 
uh, is very upset that they're moving again. And it's like, this is the last time. If this book does poorly, I'm taking my kids and leaving, which was the weirdest conversation. And then they're like, well, okay, love you. And then they kiss and like smile and laugh. That's like, that's an ultimatum, but they treat it like a ha ha ha. (laughs) Sweep it under the rug. Yeah, love you too. I was like, Jesus, Augard. It it felt like a disingenuous ultimatum because it wasn't like if things go bad and you do what you did last time. I'm taking the kids. It's like, if this book isn't successful, we're leaving. You know what I mean? It feels like it came across like that. Man, I got to give props to the wife, though. She stuck through him through a lot of crap and tried to... Uh, yeah. She, like, made his coffee for him, too, and was, like, serving him hand and foot. Do we know what her, her job is? Because she's, like, not in the house. I don't know that she... She has a job, does she? I, I assume because she's not in the house when he's writing. She has sometimes, and they, like, bring him coffee or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's confusing i don't know i mean the kids also apparently go to school but we see that like once yeah we see it once i mean really they're only there for like a week you're right that really only takes place over a week yeah that's interesting but yeah they're moving all their stuff into the house we see important beats are like we see the daughter painting in a room uh she's not a good painter but she enjoys it and that's good for her (laughs) i like that scene of the where's what's the rule with paint in the bedroom, nowhere else in the house. <laughs> That's a lot of leeway. Would your parents have let you paint it in your house? No. Like I don't in your think room? So. No, absolutely not. I don't think my parents would have either. That's pretty cool, though. They're the cool parents, I yeah, guess. Yeah, good on them. Fostering creativity. Yeah. I like the reveal of them having moved into that house. Because like at first, cause in the opening credits, you don't see the front of the house. So when you see Ethan Hawke and the family moving in, you have no reason to believe this is the house You know that that murder took place in so the sheriff saying i find all this in poor taste you're kind of like okay and you kind of like think oh did he move into the house and then when he goes into the breakfast nook area and you see the tree branch cut down you're like yep poor taste real poor taste i'm surprised you could move into that house yeah for how recent it wasn't that long ago right i mean they still had the the branch still connected to the tree yeah what so And I know they say in his conversation, like, the cops have given up on the case and that it's just a cold case. But I don't know. If it's that recent, wouldn't the house still kind of be a crime scene? Or, like, not condemned, but something. I mean, it was priced to sell. (laughs) Yeah, they did make that comment. Yeah, that was it was such a steal. I did like how this movie, kind of like The Conjuring, I feel like, did this too, where it gives you the layout of the house before it, like, gets night time and spooky so you kind of know where the rooms are and stuff yeah, I feel like it does that a little bit does it a little bit not i wouldn't say to the level of conjuring but i see what you mean where it's, it's dividing up the house into how the hallways work it's like one of those houses where it's one long hallway all the way across that connects ranch the style rooms. yeah ranch style <laughs> thank you john uh yeah and the kids that's what made me laugh about how the kids can't figure out where things are in the new house there is one hallway (laughs) (laughs) like opening the wrong doors yeah i get it that happens it's one hallway you can't get lost in one hallway (laughs) you can't in the dark (laughs) that's why i said these kids are dumbasses the uh because they never go to school (laughs) (laughs) they're getting yanked from school to go to a different school Mm because their father's chasing the American dream of literature. <laughs> but yeah, him moving boxes upstairs. Uh-oh. There's a box up there. It's a little like shoebox full of films. Home videos. Home videos and uh, an 8mm hmm. projector. Yeah. 
hanging with the family, hanging out, We're going, barbecue. Going to the teatra. Pool party. Is that when he sees the scorpion? Is the scorpion there when yes. he's up in the attic? Yes. Because yeah. that's like the first sign of Bagul. Classic scorpion. Which would confuse me, depending on the area I was in. If I saw a scorpion, I'd definitely be like, hey, uh, that shouldn't be. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, if you're in Maine, you should never see a scorpion, right? <laughs> but, yeah, the the box. I like that shot of the box, though, when he goes in the attic. And it's just, like, the completely barren attic. And then it's just the box sitting there. It's, like, it's very ominous. Then he had to take a He had to look at a picture before. See that it was empty. That was and now is there. So that was one thing that confused me when he eventually goes over the crime scene photos. How did he get the crime scene photos? Because the he, the police said they weren't going to help him. Yeah, public domain. There's no way crime scene photos are public domain. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he took pictures himself. <laughs> he went on Zillow. He's like, wait a second. That Maybe he has empty. a connection in the police department. I don't know. Maybe his his note taking though was really funny to me. He's like drawing a box on a post-it note. He's putting it right there. Where's box the box? Here. Yeah, or box. he's watching the home video. It's like, who's filming? And he takes up half the page for that. <laughs> and then you're like, where's Samantha? Like, yeah, okay. I think it's for the audience to be like, you know, they're probably watching and just going, oh, I wonder who's filming. And then he writes, he's like, oh my God, we're saying page. I understand why his last two books failed. <laughs> he needs to learn the Cornell note method. This is, <laughs> the Cornell note. He's going to burn through a lot of notepads. That <laughs> yeah. I did like his bulletin board setup. I'm super jealous of that. I would love to have a room with all those weird bulletin board things everywhere. Debbie so and so comes in. He's like, "Oh, you even got all the, 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 yeah, the, the red string." string. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it the first night he looks at the videotape? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think so. He's like, "I'm gonna go set up some things in the office." Okay, if you mess up, I'm gonna take the kids and we're gonna go back to my sisters. And remember, lock the door because you're, <laughs> you're putting up photos of a bunch of dead people. That's part of the reason I like this movie is the pacing. Like right off the bat, it just, it goes. just goes and it doesn't really stop. It's not like a slow burn where you just are waiting and waiting. Well, that's where it kind of tricks you with the tapes because the tapes feel like they're gonna be a slow burn, but they go from zero to a hundred real quick. Yeah, great editing on an old school camera. <laughs> <laughs> so. What do we see? Well, the first one is is the I'm, hanging. I'm, is the first one the hanging? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, the first one is the hanging because the second one is when he d- almost calls the cops because the first one he just thinks he has his evidence for the crime he's already investigating, and it is the hanging. But we saw before the hanging, it's like the family hanging out, having a barbecue over by the tree, you know, happy go lucky family. It's kind of filmed from the bushes, like a peeping tom. The so, a <laughs> creep. It does come across. It's a good misdirect because it does come across serial killer level, like Ted Bundy style, like watching from afar. You know, I, I like it. It sets up a good misdirect, but then it's just that hard cut to just the hanging that we saw at the beginning of the film. It's like, oh shit, <laughs> pretty brutal. That's the viewing I saw the tree branch being cut. Mm. I didn't see it in the initial opening, so not sure if this is to be believed. But apparently, I don't believe you. The first time they filmed that scene, those are all stunt men. But the coordinator accidentally hung them all, <laughs> for real. What? Like, yeah, Holy they all shit. lived, <laughs> but like oh they were actually getting hung. What happened? I wonder because they usually do those backstrap things, probably just around the neck. Oh my <laughs> yeah, that I don't know. They usually do that trick where the rope isn't really like it's around their neck, but the tension rope is 
strapped to their back mm-hmm. and then it just meets where the rope is so it looks like the rope's hanging that's that's awful that is awful but they have it on video so you can put it in the sequel yeah <laughs> sinister sinister apparently too. that coordinator got fired i would hope so damn oh but then yeah does he immediately put in the next one um I know he's putting away whiskey like Is that when like he gets water. interrupted by his kid with the night terror or is that the next night? I know it's that night. It is. Yeah, because okay. yeah, the he... kid with the night terror is both scary and the most unnecessary scene yeah. in the film. It's not night terror. It's not the first night. It's daddy where's the bathroom. Oh, yeah. It's daddy where's the bathroom. Second is the boy just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I I worked as a camp counselor one summer. My first night, staying in the cabin with the kids. First night, kid with a night terror, like screaming that snakes were in his bed. It was terrifying. So I've experienced that firsthand, and it's pretty you scary. Slapped him, and you're like, "There are no yeah. kids, no snakes. <laughs> There's no kids here." But this movie, the kid, <laughs> the kid coming out of the box was pretty scary. Well, it was. I thought it was introducing the ghoul to it, and maybe that's what it was supposed to mean. So make I you thought feel. it was scary too, and I thought we'd come back to it. Like it was going to be a thing. But having known what happens in the movie, you look back and you're like, oh, this is just a jump scare for purely like No, a it's film. the misdirect of like, thinking the, the boy is getting targeted the whole time. Oh, I guess. I, see, I just didn't believe oh. it was the boy getting targeted. I just... I thought spooky things afoot. Yeah, because he does that. Then he's drawing the picture. Then oh, he, that's a good point. He has it is the a other yeah, that's a good it point. A I didn't think about the level of misdirect that it was. Because oh, really, I'm the just too stupid. only thing at the end <laughs> with the the daughter is you see that she sees the other girl who's telling her to shh. Mm-hmm. shh. Yeah, because her best friend told her to draw that thing on the wall. But yeah, the then but he definitely watches two tapes that night. Yeah, because. The second tape is, is that the car? Is that the car fire? It's either that or the pool party. I think it's the car fire. I think it's the car fire because it's, yeah, it's just the family like at a barbecue kind of thing out on the lake and you're like, hanging out, s'more creeper. Hanging out with my family. family. (laughs) Having ourselves a party. The, yeah, and they're, it's the same style where it's creepy from the bushes or whatever. Hard cut. Same car that you saw at the beginning of the video, and it's got all the like, yeah, and there's like chains around it. That actually was pretty terrifying. Why'd they have so many chains in that house? It was scary. It's not like, spoiler, we know the kids are the ones doing this, but it's not like that kid went to a hardware store and got all those chains. Mm-hmm. So that family had a shit ton of chains just laying around. You get stuck house. in the mud. You need chains. Dad was an Alice in Chains fan. <laughs> Boo. But. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> family's in the backseat, unconscious, I think tied up. Yes. And uh, we just see like a quick back out shot of the car. Molotov cocktail just thrown in. Burned alive in a car. We also see a fun little drawing on the uh, hood of the car that catches Ethan Hawke's attention. But this is a quote-unquote pivotal point in the movie, too, because when he sees that, he realizes this is not the same murder, and there's potentially the same murderer, and he probably should tell the police he has evidence of, like, a serial killer. But when he calls 911, he's like, no, this is my chance. I can do a better book than Kentucky Blood. And he hangs up on a 911 operator, which should have sent a cop out there, but yeah, whatever. 
but yeah, that's a pretty pivotal point where it's the like horror film of you brought this on yourself, even though knowing what we know happens, if he had called the police, would anything have happened? Like he wouldn't have watched the other tapes. At what point was, at what point were they fucked? Was it just moving into the house? Was it Ethan Hawke watching the first video? I wonder if it's, you have to watch all of them. Well, because so then that doesn't make sense because it doesn't make it doesn't sound like any of the other people watched the videos before. Hmm. Well, uh, no, we're under the assumption someone would have had to have watched the video. Are right? we? Isn't that the rule? No. It's not like the, the rule. Ring. The only rule was your kid gets like possessed thing, spooky things happen, and you move houses. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think anything talks to the kid until the kid sees. I can't remember if she sees a picture or if she sees the video playing. Because we see her in the room at one point. But we don't really know. Because I think that's the rule. I think you have to see Bagul. See, we don't know. Because he lives in images, right? I mean, maybe. Randolphini, whatever his name is. Um, that's the professor he calls. That's the That has got to be the easiest paycheck that dude has ever received. Just be on a Skype call with Ethan Hawke. Very timely for 2021. Right. Mm-hmm. Just read off some stuff about a fictional bagul, pretend to be a professor. Oh, thanks for the coffee, Alice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Occultons things. Ooh, boogity, boogity, boogeyman. <laughs> Is this the night that he goes outside? Like he thinks he sees it outside and the dog's out there? No, that's and, that's after he's watched oh, okay. uh, one or two He's more. seen it a few. That's, that's like night four. Oh, yeah. man. With the, with the douche. Yeah, but uh, all I'm trying to say is the rules are unclear, but my interpretation of the rules are, at the very least, you have to see him in an image for him to be able to have any sort of sway over you. But he tricks, apparently he tricks the kids. But I think it's circumstantial tricking. Like I think I think ghost kids trick the live kid to going to look at the image of Bagul, which then allows Bagul. So then maybe the kids watched it and not the parents. I think somebody in the house had to have watched it. Which then just... Which like unleashes Take me back Bagul. to antiquity, Mark, before <laughs> the camera. Well, then it's just a bunch of cool hieroglyphics of people murdering and people. Who hasn't seen those? Well, who's, who's seen one of a Bagul? Because... Uh, I, that's my favorite part where they're like Christians during the whatever thing destroyed all the imagery. It's like, yeah, classic Christians. <laughs> Take that, pagans. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's like, oh wow, in our in Christian, you know, pillaging, we did something right. Nice. <laughs> but you didn't get rid of them. Good He's point. still hungry. He's still hungry. So yeah, so the rules are unclear, but that's my interpretation. You have to see an image of him. That's how he gets kind of control of you. It's inside you. Yes. And then he tricks you into perpetuating it. And then the only other rule is you have to go to a new location before the situation transpires. Right? Does that track? Well, you have to move. And as soon as you move. That's what I said. Yeah. You have to move to a new location. You have to change houses. How did he get her to kill her family? What do you mean? He just what was whispered the sweet nothings. What was the trick? I'll let you paint he all over the her. house. <laughs> Can he not possess her? I assumed, her. It, I assumed it was possession. But he eats I took it as like Paymon from uh, Hereditary. It was like yeah, possession. Kind of. I get that vibe. 
So unclear. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the rules are a little shaky. I think here. you got her by something called suspension of disbelief. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. The willing suspension <laughs> of disbelief, which is sometimes hard to do. Sounds like Peter's not very willing here. The, yeah, but I mean, we can just kind of run through these videos real quick. Cause so we had the car bomb, wasn't a bomb, but set the people on fire in the mm-hmm. car. Barbecue. Uh, barbecue. Oh, yeah, it was called barbecue because they had the barbecue, but they're like, Oh, the titles match. Yeah. Mm. Then after that, it's the pool party. Another fun fact, they were actually like on the chairs and pulled into the water. Oh, gosh. Bagul actually wore weighted shoes and was in the pool. Oh, yeah, because the pool party is the first clear image we see of the Bagul. Because he's in the other ones. You just don't really see him. He's not in the first killing until you see him that time. Oh, is he not? Mm-mm. I was wondering. Well, about the that. saw's there though. Yeah, the Bagul's not controlling but, the saw. No, Bagul's was uh, like in the bushes. He... Apparently, he's not even controlling the camera that time. It's just the kids. Well, no, he's never controlling the camera. Who's filming? The kid. Not the beginning. It's Bagul. What do you mean? Before the kid is possessed, who's filming? It's got to be Bagul. Wait. <sighs> or one of the previous kids. It's. Couldn't it be? it's in the videos we see, it's uh-huh. always the kid filming. It can't be because the kid's in the video sometimes. Well, yeah, they just set it up on something. No, but the creepy one, always the family introductions, the whole family's in the images. But that's the whole thing is Ethan Hawke only sees the edited versions, and then we see a couple of the unedited versions where it's the kid puts the camera down and runs out in front of it. At the end. Right, but that's how, that's how it is in all of them. But then why does it? the camera's like shaking and stuff? Like people are in the bushes like a Tom. Listen, like they're, a not, tom. they're not great filmmakers, okay? Look, just there's questions out there. <laughs> you're, you're falling, you're turning into a truther here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering. But yeah, the pool one's the one that got me, like in terms of like, oh my God. Cause really? I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say a different one know, got it me. It just caught me the <laughs> most off guard because it's, it's not... It's not good. You know what I mean? Like, that's a pretty rough one, in my opinion, of death-wise. Well, and then you just see the feet. They're like, yeah, that's ah, the... That's all they can do. Swam! <laughs> one of them gets caught on the edge, so he's just, like, completely vertical with his feet out while the... Oh, I didn't... Ugh. They're all pretty terrible. Yeah. Wiggle your big toe. <laughs> and then we see Bagul walking around at the bottom of the pool. Um... Then after that, it's the... Well done, my good advantage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> after the swimming pool, though, it's... Um, it's it's The lawnmower is the last one, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the one that got me the most. Well, because that's and... like... I thought... I was telling Peter about... That's a good jump scare, though. Because, like, oh, before we get to that one, though, because it's the... It's the one where they're just walking around the house and it's just cuts their short throats while they're sleeping, which is sleepover, sleepy time. Yeah, it's like yeah. movie night, right? They're like settling down, eating some popcorn. Or yeah, something. that one's uh, that one's more like sad than anything, because that one you're like that's one of the ones Ethan Hawke looks the other way because when the kid's getting killed. Yeah, when it's the kid goes into the little brother's room, that one's pretty brutal. Um, but yeah, the lawnmower one is a great use of a jump scare because right, you you just see that lawnmower going, and just as you see the person, Ethan Hawke jumps. So it's your response isn't to the film necessarily as it is Ethan Hawke being like, oh my God, because you're right there with him. Like, holy shit, he ran over him. I'm impressed that that little girl could uh, get one of those started. Oh, with the pole? Uh, Uh, Tell me about it. She's at a terrible angle for that. She's like four feet Could be electric. 
No, it was. It had to have been a pole one. Mm. It was like the seventies, maybe earlier. That made me think of the movie uh, we watched, Unfriended, the the, the blender mm. scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he breaks the blender and just, just shoves his hand in and shatters it. Put it on. <laughs> 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 The lawnmower is a little bit more brutal, though. Yeah. Both uh. movies make the same amount of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Bagul is actually Billy from, from wow. Unfriended? Bagul learns about the internet. Yeah. That's the next stage the of technology. Oh, wow. he solved it. He goes wow. from film to Skype. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The sinister cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> no one asked for. <laughs> Technically, he does have a cinematic universe because it's all the different pigeons. Oh, God. <laughs> That's actually really funny. And then Sinister 2. <laughs> oh, God. I hate that movie. We don't have to talk about that one. I mean, we can. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's all of them, though, right? Or did I miss any? Yeah, because then he just starts watching them again, and then there's like additional right. footage. <laughs> he gets the director's cut. <laughs> Watches the commentary, He's behind like, the scenes. Yeah, because at first he starts seeing the symbol and all the different ones. Then he sees Bagul in the pool one. Then he just finds Bagul. He goes (laughs) Bagul. He goes on like a Where's Waldo hunt in all the different films, but just looking for Bagul. Because this isn't in the sleepover one. He's like in a hallway, just like in a door. Like, oh hey, (laughs) Bagul is pretty creepy. They do a good job of hiding enough of it, where it's like, oh, that's like first. Like I think it turns into we see too much of the shark, if Mm. you will. Like, like. When you first see him in the pool, that's freaky. When you see him in the bush, that's really scary. Towards the end, though, when you keep seeing him, you're like, okay, we're losing some power here. But I will say I did not like the when he was pulled up on the computer screen. And he moved. And he moved. And oh, looked. yeah. That actually, who I remember in theaters see, being like, I don't like great, that. But, I don't like that. <laughs> but that always bothers me when. He's alive inside the image, Peter. Yeah, but he's not showing Ethan Hawke that. He's showing the audience who's technically not there. No, he's just looking. He's like, is that Ethan Hawke? Yeah, that's Ethan Hawke. But like, even all the kids, like, they're just there to spook us. It's like Ethan Hawke doesn't know they're around there. Because we're the ones watching the movie for entertainment. <laughs> Shit, I'm going to you. <laughs> let Ethan see something. Like, let him be freaked out. Well, he see, I thought he saw the kids. Uh, later, but after we've already seen him. And then he see like like, when he falls through the attic yeah. and he's watching the footage, like, he sees the little hands. Oh, and yeah, the little hand the first. Because, yeah, that's the first time he's using, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the moment that he moves out of the house when he sees that? No, that's, so that's him falling through, and then that's when, like, uh, Deputy So-and-So comes over and then starts helping him. Right, okay. What he's, else is Deputy So-and-So in again? Generation Kill. Um, he's he been a couple other things. Man. No, no. He, he was. I forget his name in there. Oh, they jokingly call him the radio guy. Purvis? Shoot. But uh, yeah, he's the head driver, uh, head of the radio. He was also uh, Eddie in It. That's what it is. Yeah, that was his most recent one. He was Eddie. As an adult. That's what Fran and I were talking about. Yep. Which he was good in. I really liked him as uh, adult Eddie. I thought he played that role very well. I kind of wish he was in more things. I do too. Or at least bigger things. I think he just fills. He's. I think he feels like a weird kind of quirky niche, and I feel like that's hard to find in a lot of movies. So I can see why it's like hard for him to get roles, but he almost felt like Eddie in this movie. Yeah, a little bit his behavior. 
mannerisms. Very well, like I would say, braver. Yeah, that's true. More of like, but it was that same level of like quirky uncertainty. Mm-hmm. When they play, they play that at the beginning, and then he's like, "Look, I mean, I have a degree. Like, I took criminology. I I know serial murders. I'm not yeah. an idiot." I do like that at the <laughs> yeah towards the end where he really kind of like stands up for himself a little bit. He's like, like you, you he was know. starstruck right. by meeting an author he really likes, but like he is smart. He is actually a competent police officer. So yeah, that's a nice touch instead of making him the classic like just dumbass police officer like <laughs> dies for some stupid reason. Um, that's a, that's another thing that's kind of interesting about this movie is besides Ethan Hawke and family at the end, spoilers, we're pretty deep in, um, <laughs> the body count in the film, that's, that's the actual body count of the movie because everything else has already happened within the timeline of the movie. So this is a very low body count. I mean, film. technically the truth, but like, you see the murders. No, I know you see the it's murders. Like kind of like it's happening. But it's not happening right then. It's already happened. These are already other cases. What it's happened, almost happened. like. But then, holy shit. Then none of it's actually. There's no body count because we're already watching the movie. It's already happened in the movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> in 2012. I'm just saying. <laughs> if you watched. If you watched Friday the 13th part six. Mm-hmm. And they play the montage of all the people mm-hmm. that died in the previous Friday the 13th movies, this that, isn't doesn't, a montage. that doesn't add to the body montage. count. There's like previously saying, on Friday the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying if it doesn't happen in the movie, during the movie's current timeline, doesn't count as the body count. Fine, whatever. And that's why I said it's technically the truth. I'm going to fight you because we see a lot of death. We do see a lot of death. But the body count <laughs> of the film is three... Is three well technically four because I guess he eats her right? Does he? I don't know what happens with Bagul. And the he brings children. them to the ethereal realm, and I guess he devours their soul. Yeah, that's why they're like cakey. They're they're crusty. <laughs> I just thought of like super pale. It's like they're cakey. Yeah, I mean, they're in, there's no sun there. <laughs> Bunch of crusty juggling kids. Crusty jugglers. <laughs> After one of the nights he watches the films, I think it's the second night, we see our first hint of what a, you know, foreshadowing, because we see the little girl wanting to learn how to make daddy's coffee. Yeah. I want to learn how to make daddy's coffee. That was her downfall. do it very particular. Yeah. French press. (laughs) It doesn't look that that complicated, mom. Yeah. (laughs) That was really her downfall, though. That's why she died. The little girl Mm -hmm. or the wife? The uh, little girl. Because she made coffee? Mm-hmm. No, it's because she got possessed by Bagul. She yeah, got she got she got Bagul'd. But this well, is like the tipping point for she her. She got a Bagul'd. Yeah, the, making the <laughs> coffee is like kind of, I guess, the Chekhov's gun, which isn't really because we didn't know it was that at the time. Right. But he's just putting it in there for us. So we can go back and be like, oh, oh yeah. that's how she knows how to make coffee. Night, you know, night, daddy. We're never explained what the green shit is. Yeah. And you see, you see the green stuff in the other movies. Not all of them, but some of them. You can see that there's green stuff in it. I guess it's just Bagul's juice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Give him the old Bagula juice. I don't know where it comes from. I just every time I say Bagul, I feel like I'm doing like a weird in- Italian impersonation. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's that Bagul guy. Bagul. <laughs> oh, that spooky ghost guy. Yeah. He's, a, he's a Bagul. Bagul's pizza. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we need to stop because <laughs> then we're just gonna keep doing like. <laughs> It's a good point. (laughs) So, Bagul, (laughs) Mr. Boogie. (laughs) Mr. 
Mr. Boogie. I like that. But uh, I do think the Mr. Boogie design is, it's scary, but when you really break it down, it's a little, it's a little plain. He kind of looks like, uh, I'm trying to remember if he's the drummer or if he's the lead guitarist of Slipknot. (laughs) (laughs) But the image was so like the director, they went online to look up scary images because originally the idea was for him to look kind of like Willy Wonka. From, oh from, shit! Uh, Tim Burton. Oh, oh my god! That would have been ten <laughs> times scarier. Oh my god! Because you know, like Willy Wonka does stuff with kids. Yeah. Uh, wow. But then the, apparently they didn't think that was going to be too scary. <laughs> <laughs> that like sent a shiver down my spine. I'm thinking of all the times you see him in the movie, and I'm seeing Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka, like looking it up, like holy shit. <laughs> so he just went online and he was looking up spooky images and then he found one. <laughs> he found Slipknot and was like, that's pretty scary. Yeah, I mean, it could it could have been like a fan art thing. you know. Wow. But yeah, it, it looked like one of the Slipknot guys masked with like a black cloak. You well, know what I mean? He's like in a suit. Is he in a suit? Isn't he? I thought he was in like... It looked like he's wearing a shirt. I thought he was like in a long black flowy cloak thing like Voldemort. See, because he also looked like he had pants. Oh, man. I guess I guess Mr. Boogie appears to us in different ways. <laughs> Did we watch the same movie? <laughs> right? I'm not crazy. Um, yeah. I'm looking it up yeah, now. Look up the image, oh, no. but fill the void, Mark. While we <laughs> look up images. <laughs> but yeah, so while you know we've already talked about the movies, but while that's happening at night during the daytime, we're quote unquote watching the. The breakdown. Take oh, it. He, shit. He is wearing a suit. Why would he be wearing a suit? I don't know, because back in Babylonian times, they just didn't have that for him. That would be uncomfortable. He didn't back have in a Bible. tailor. And how what it would that be? It fits him well. That's it's, bizarre. I could have sworn he was wearing like a long, flowy cloak thing. Oh, well. <laughs> he thought it was a Death Eater. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty close to the one. He basically, yeah. The... Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, all that stuff happens at night. The videos and stuff happen at night. Spooky stuff happens at night. During the day, they try to reel us in with this like family drama of you know they kind of slowly hint he is alcoholic, he is you know a little bit distant from his children. Uh, wife's kind of had it with his shit, and it and it's one of those things where it's not like it's uncompelling. It's just one of those things where I wish I wish I cared about this family more. While it's happening during everything that goes yeah, on during you just the never day, see them. right? So it's more we don't see them interact in a happy way. We only ever see like an argument break out. Yeah, you see them kiss and make up. It doesn't make you root for them, no. right? Yeah, like you want to. It needs you, to end. Yeah, you want to feel. <laughs> oh, I'm pro God. this family ending. <laughs> oh man, well, I keep watching. Spe- yeah, I should have been more specific. <laughs> I meant dissolving of the family. <laughs> That's still bad too, but. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so like some of the stuff that happens during the day though is you know the oldest son gets in trouble at school because he draws the crime the crime scene on the, on the whiteboard in a sharpie. He also makes it sound like he knows they're in the house. That's true, and I I think that was making me. Th- Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. I think the way he was explaining that to his mom and was trying to explain it to his mom was that at school the kids told him you moved into the house. Mm, that makes sense. Which 100% like Ethan yeah. Hawke should know. Just imagine a world where the wife moves into a house she knows nothing about. Like, yeah, it's I, a steal. <laughs> no, she's just stupid. 
right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird for me. I agree with you, Peter. It's weird for me. Cause I think my dad has had maybe 2% input across every house they have ever moved. And in. especially if he is already messed up by moving into a house, yeah. two doors down from the crime scene. Like she's not going to want to know before they're like moving into the new house. Yeah. It's a little bit of a logic jump for me too. She didn't see the pictures or anything in the newspaper. She doesn't know how to read. Well, she's British. She can't. They read backwards. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah, that's true. It's the right to left. <laughs> Their toilets go the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Their summer is our winter. Um, I was about to <laughs> I was about to do another bagul. <laughs> With the bagul. She's actually she knows. Was, she was afraid of the bagul. Yeah. <laughs> Their boogeyman is our bagul. <laughs> it's like Ukrainian. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, but yeah, what's some of the other stuff happened today? We, oh, he he interacts with the deputy so and so more during the day, so it's like nighttime is spooky, scary, and then daytime is where we learn things, quote unquote. And deputy so and so is looking up the connection between all of the videos he's yeah, seen. He's looking mm-hmm. up the other murders, uh, which is like an interesting like that's a big deal. Like I could see why he could kind of the. Said Deputy so and so would want to keep it under wraps because he would also get a lot of credit for breaking like a serial killer case. That would definitely help him. So I buy that dynamic. Um, I can see him also, like you said, he's starstruck, so he's excited to be involved with his favorite author, like you know, solving a crime. And I don't even know if we've said yet, but he's actually Ethan Hawke actually calls him Deputy so and so. Oh yeah, to show his lack of caring for this person's name. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I don't know that we established that. We did not establish yeah. that. We were not being creative in calling him deputy. Right. So and he so. calls him that. That well, is, and he, he's well, referred to. To also his defense, he tells him, "I can be your deputy, so and so." That's true. Oh, yeah. and that's so he kind yeah. of self-proclaimed. Like, you know, in the in the in the book that have that page where they're saying things or whatever, and he's like the acknowledgments. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and you're always like, uh, <laughs> "You know, I couldn't have done it without the help of deputy like so and so," and like I I could. Be your deputy. <laughs> I could be your uh, deputy. He basically names himself. That's true. But yeah, and then also during the day we get the Skype call we had alluded to earlier, where he calls a professor Kingpin. Yeah, Kingpin actor. Uh, D'Onofrio. Yeah. Oh, she, Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. <laughs> Vincent uh, Domino's. I'm so sorry. I love him too. Like, <laughs> prove he, it. He's say his name. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> Louder. Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> You're a great actor. But yeah, uh, basically we get the background is he's a pagan god worshipped during like the Assyrian and Babylonian times. And they believed he lived inside the image. Oh, it's a very obscure god thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, all my studies. I just know so much about Bagul. <laughs> but yeah, he shows him a bunch of like uh, pictures of hieroglyphs were stuff like scraped out because everyone was so afraid of it they like destroyed all these relics and it's cool in the sense of setting up this idea of that's where the story of like the boogeyman came from is this like old mythological story of like this old pagan god it's it's fun the problem is they call him bagul (laughs) it translates to boogeyman does it translate to boogeyman apparently but yeah that's i liked that i thought the skype call was kind of funny because like i said it's Definitely Vincent D'Onofrio, like, phoning it in literally. Well, the logic, too, <laughs> behind it not being, like, Satan worshippers or, like, goth kids, it's, like, it's uh, too obscure for 
goths. And it's, it's like, there are hipster goths. Yeah, okay. it's too hipster for most goths. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I just worship this deity. You, you probably never yeah, heard of him. Yeah, you've cool. probably never heard of him. Uh, eater of children. Okay. He's, he's Devourer pretty, of worlds. <laughs> he's pretty underground. He, like, lives in images. It's kind yeah. of like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand. understand. <laughs> yeah, he's probably not your type. <laughs> so anyway, can I do these senior pictures or what? <laughs> <laughs> do you think if he had sent... The video, because he screen grabs Bagul's face in the pool. If he Bagul in the pool. Bagul, the Bo- <laughs> Mr. Boogie in the pool. If he had sent that to the professor via Skype, would that have... No. Like, could he be alive in that? Is that what you're saying? Right. In the would it have perpetuated the sending off the mm-hmm. image of him? No, because it's not about the sending off. It's about the like being in the house that the thing happened in before and then moving. But couldn't it have... Could it splinter? I bet in the sequel it could. So, like in the in the <laughs> ring, in the ring, you know, there's the one videotape to rule them all. To rule them all, but she makes a copy of it. Remember? Mm-hmm. So then there's two. So theoretically, you know, there's it can multiply from there. Like you could make a billion copies and attack the world with this videotape. But why couldn't you do that with this? But that that so I mean. Sure, bring up the ring now. And I have a problem with making copies because, like, you can't destroy the original videotape. So, like, obviously the videotape is the thing that is, like, magical or possessed or whatever. And then you just make a copy. I don't know why the copies aren't all blank. Because it's not about it being a videotape because it's just it's a mythical thing that looks like a videotape and plays a spooky video. That's a good point. I never really thought about that. But... You see what the point I'm making, though? Where if he lives in the image, and your logic you it tracks the with image. the logic of this movie, Mark, and that it doesn't make sense. So, like, sure, <laughs> he doesn't need to multiply. He doesn't even he, have a kid. He gets right? these. Like, we don't know. know. Vincent D'Onofrio's character could have like 17 what kids. What if his kids? And then what's the age of the kids? I guess if they're that's younger a than question 18. I want to know. If is it like they have to be prepubescent? Is that the rule? Is it like a is it like a Neverland thing? Yeah, well, like Google's that Peter... guy in Game of Thrones. He's like too young. Oh God, I was gonna too go old, the... too old, or too old. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> go to the analogy of Peter Pan oh. taking kids uh-huh. to become Lost Boys. You know, yours works too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too old, too. <laughs> but yeah, so that's where we kind of figure out what Mister Boogity is, um, and that's kind of when things ramp up too, because I think he's watched all the tapes by that point a couple times. Yeah, and so this is like the final kind of round, and um, I can't remember what escalates. Oh, is he goes to burn the, he goes to burn the tape recorder. Yeah, and he thinks and he's, they, he's done. He's like, okay, this is good. This yeah, is it. Ah, that just feels good. Because mm. doesn't he? He set it on fire, and he tells. He's the like, wife, we're moving. Yeah, we're moving. Yeah. Get the kids, because he realizes. Because then he's also seeing the scary hands. He knows well, something's going on with the because house. Because thing like. He the videos have started playing by themselves too. Like he's he's tried. He's like, I'm not gonna do the the book or whatever. You know, I'm done. And then like the videos are playing in the background. He sees the kids. Yeah, oh, that's where we. He's already seen all the spooky stuff. Right, that's where sorry. we get to see the kids, right? For the yeah, first time. Yeah, yeah. Because we, I, yeah, I skipped over because that's what causes him to burn it. Is he climbs up the attic because he hears it, but he it's not in his office. And then he goes back up to the attic, and it's all the kids sitting around the projector watching. Bagul come through the screen and they all look back at him and he I, is that a Bagul jump scare? I can't remember. I know you see him in the screen. Don't like, they do like the shh, yeah, the shh mm-hmm. whatever and then he falls 
And then he grabs the film, all the different stuff, throws it in a fire pit, good old fire pit, sets it on fire. He's like, we're getting out of that. We got to leave now. Grab the kids. And the wife asks why, and he like doesn't tell her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I said so. Because I said, does the wife ever figure out that they were living in that house? Yeah. Yeah. Did I after skip the over kid that draws the stuff, I think, the, is when she it's finds after it. the daughter. Oh, the daughter draws it. You're right. The daughter draws the little girl in the tire swing. So they have a fight about it. And they have a fight about it. And it's the the little girl who used to live here. And it's the myth, name of the missing girl. And the wife puts Samantha. it together. Yeah, Samantha, something like that. And the wife puts it together. I forgot about that argument. But yeah, the burning well, of the she projector. She doesn't put it together. The little girl says that was her brother's room. No, that I know. I She just doesn't flat out she's say, like, wait a second. Are we living in the house? And then he's like, I don't know. Yeah. And then she's like, ah, you told me. He's like, well, technically. I love that. He's like, I said we weren't living two houses yeah. down. You asked if we were living two houses away from the murder house. And I said, no, we're not. And then she's like, come on. And I'm with her. I'm with her, too. She's like, you are splitting hairs, sir. You Semantics, sepantics. Classic then, husband. And then apparently he's like, I didn't want to tell you because you would be like this. It's like, well, you're damn right. Yeah. It's not a her. It's not her fault. Oh man! But yeah, so we think that's it because he's burned the camera. He's burned it up, and then he uh, gets in the car and they go back to their old house, which is awesome. Thank goodness they're still paying two mortgages. Yeah, otherwise that, they wouldn't have a house to move to. That's a good point. That house, though, their original house. I guess they go back to at the end. This is a big pimping house. Well, this is a little creepy. They said it was like he would have to. Well, what would he have to do to afford it? He would be having to like do textbooks or something. Like, yeah, it was he, something he talks to his job. daughter about it. You know, it's like, oh, I wouldn't have been able to afford that because it was a big pimping house. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We don't get to see much of it. Yeah, but then they're undoing the boxes, and what do we find? No, it's the videos. No, <laughs> and then we have the awesome voice recording or voice message from Deputy So and So, basically being like, "I put it together." All the victims have lived in the previous victim's house, and they moved, then they died, then so on and no, so on. He was talking to him while he finds the yeah because tape. like he's like you messed up yeah you shouldn't have never moved <laughs> yeah well that's a good question like would he have just been spooky haunted at that house and if he oh if yeah, he moved, stayed, yeah probably just continued to be haunted that's what I think like nothing would have happened but mm-hmm. they would have been continued to be haunted Let's see. That sucks. Well, because I guess rock in a hard place. Yeah, he wasn't the rock. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Because I guess Bagul is trying to make up rules to help cover his tracks. But in my opinion, though, it's about perpetuating, moving his stuff forward as well. Like multiplying. Well, I guess well, he can't not. multiply. But I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, because like, <laughs> why can't he just make copies of the video <laughs> and upload it to the internet? <laughs> But maybe Bagul can only be in one place at one time. But he, if he lives in the image, uh-huh. it shouldn't matter where the image is. It should be like... So if he lives in he lives in images, maybe that's why he wasn't in the images every time we see them. Because he's actually in it if we see him in it. Like oh, there's so only like one portals. of him. So they're like portals. There's only one of him. Yeah, I love. I like portals. Portals. I like portals. I like portals. And I like Bagul. That kind of makes sense. That kind of tracks. Bagul likes portals. <laughs> Yeah, that no, that makes more sense. I like that, because in my mind, I was thinking more of like any image that contains him, he's in. Yeah, but if it makes more sense that there's only one, one man, 
Multiple portals. <laughs> One giant leap for Bigul. For Mr. Boogity. <laughs> yeah, it's like a hotel. Mm. Lots of doors. A lot of doors. A lot of pictures. Okay, that makes more sense, and that fits more with the rule structure. Okay, so that tracks. So then I guess it is him covering his tracks? I don't know. Closing the loop? Honestly, well, he made up these rules. No, well, that makes sense to a degree, because if it kept happening in the same house, they would just condemn the house. Like, they would just tear it down. Like Amnivelle. Yeah, like, if more, if multiple people just kept getting murdered in the same house, like... Maybe we should burn the house down. (laughs) Shit. So it makes sense to be like, well, maybe that's what he learned from the Assyrian days. He just was hanging out in Babylon. Yeah. And if you put all your eggs in one Mm. Babylon, they, you know, destroy your image and then you can't get out. So you gotta, you gotta spread it. So he's a disease. He mutated because the Christians didn't completely exterminate him. They left the one little thing out there. One little etch-a-sketch of... Mr. Boogity somewhere in those Babylonian temples. I blame Esther. You know who I blame? I blame Esther. Esther. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> That's a Babylonian <laughs> reference. That's right. <laughs> Coming in hot. But yeah, so uh, Ethan Hawke, while he's having that phone call, realizing that he done goofed, what does he see in his coffee? Bagul juice. Yeah, he like he's like, oh, ow, what? He's like, I'm drinking coffee, but I'm sleepy. It's not French press. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These coarse ground coffee beans? Yeah, but we see that great green bagul juice. And the love you daddy or whatever picture. Uh-huh. The love you daddy picture. <gasps> the little girl's been taken. I will say hers isn't very creative in terms of her murdering of the family. Well, I mean, she's just trying to get their blood to paint. Right, but she just takes an axe to them. Yeah. I Honestly, just, she wasted a lot of blood. Right. She should have hung them upside down and then like oh, slit them like a cow. Oh. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's how you get the most. I, I, I agree. I concur. I'm just trying <laughs> to think of, and I guess it's because I'm so focused on Ethan Hawke's character, because in the filming of these videos, they're related to something, you know, like family barbecue, swinging on the tree. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's like a theme. What was this video? What was this video's theme? Was it like painting with the family? Because we never saw them We saw the name together. of it at the end, didn't we? Of yeah. the video? Oh, what was it? It's it? like uh, something paint, artwork, paint, something. Painting with mom and dad or something like that? Because like painting with the family is a good like, you know, little... Tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek kind of thing. Much like family barbecue. So that tracks, but we never saw them paint as a family. Like mm-hmm. it would have been if they. Yeah. At what the beginning was the of the beginning movie, of their home video? Yeah. If the beginning of the video had been them painting one of the rooms or something, and them like having these joyous, like I said, we didn't see any joyous times with this family. So that'd have been a fun like we see them painting all together, like throwing paint. I just like oh, I got paint on you. <laughs> you got paint on me. Oh, we're such a happy family. Then at the end, painting with family. She's painting the walls with her blood. It's like, true. It doesn't make sense. I think it still made enough sense. Well, you just won't know what what does their video look like. You see the end of the video, but what's the beginning? Will she use Dutch angles? What kind of lighting will she have? These are all questions I need to know. Rule of thirds. <laughs> Tish and red. Tish and red. <laughs> That's pretty good. But, uh, yeah, and I mean, it's a pretty good ending, in my opinion. Like, I agree. I didn't see it being the little girl. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen with it. 
to be honest, I thought like Bagul was just gonna get him or something. I don't get know. Get him. But <laughs> get him. <laughs> but I I sometimes gravitate towards these types of horror films having the morbid ending. Like when it's a slasher film, I don't like it when it has the morbid ending. I like having the final girl. I like the, you know, kind of sometimes ambiguous, did they get the killer? Like that's kind of fun in those genre of horror. But in something like this, it's similar to like Hereditary where like I don't want that to be a happy ending. Like it may hurt my rewatch value because I'll be so crushed by it. But I think that's the way you go. And so to have this be such a morbid ending is a-okay with me. I think it works. It works. I just, she also is drawing really high up on the walls, and I didn't see a stair stepper anywhere. It's a long brush. Really long mm-hmm. paintbrush. Yeah. Go, go, gadget. Paint you know brush. one of those claws that you can reach stuff with? <laughs> That's what she had. She just has a painter's. <laughs> she has those, the. Like roller. <laughs> she has one of those, like, extension boot things that you see painters have for, like, ceilings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just going around the house. Like stilts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's be pretty good. I don't think this little girl appears in the sequel. I don't think, but I think they recast her. Does Deputy So and So? Yeah, okay. Deputy So and So is the main character. Okay, I haven't seen the sequel. He is a main character. Oh, you're right. Sorry. The yeah, he's he's just around. Mm. Yeah. the The sequel is essentially he's going house to house that he knows the Bagul stuff has happened at and burning them to the ground. Oh, okay. To try to prevent the pattern, and one of the houses that it's happened in a family has moved into and he gets involved with their lives and he burns the house. That well, yeah, it's like know. a mom and a two, single mom with two, two boys fleeing from an abusive husband. Mm. Yeah. And the boys, Oh my gosh, the brothers in that movie are hysterical. It's, yeah. They like, it's basically, Bagul is like a father figure that they're <laughs> vying for attention. They're like, no, I want Bagul like me. No, I want Bagul like me. And one's physically abusive to the other so it's really funny when they fight because it's not like brother fighting where it's like wrestling and kind of whatever it's like some cage match level punching the shit out of each other and it comes out of nowhere it's just really bad it's not a good one so i would skip the sequel but i enjoy this movie like it's Mm -hmm. a fun kind of when it's on just watch for a little while i really enjoyed it the first time watching it i enjoyed it watching it this time too just turn your brain off (laughs) just turn your brain off (laughs) But uh, John, since this was your first viewing, like I really liked it. I I think it has everything you want in a scary movie. Good jump scares, good pacing, good music. Right, and a, a nicer way of saying what Peter is trying to say. Oh wow! Is it's not a movie, a horror movie where you have to think. You know what I mean? You can just enjoy and watch. It's better if you don't. <laughs> Again, (laughs) there's a nicer way to say that, a more positive sounding way to say that, as opposed to a film like Midsommar and Hereditary, both I think we've done on this Mm -hmm. podcast, where there's all these layers of things you have to think about and notice and go back to, or like that movie we all just watched, um, I'm thinking about ending things. There's so much in that you have to think and pay attention and like Google and try to understand. This is it. This is kind of just a fun Ethan Hawke moves into a scary house. John, I know you loved I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Is is this movie better than that? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> joke's on me. Didn't like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we got a little bit of time. The Is there anything... How would... Peter, I feel like you've been the most aggressive. It's not aggressive. I just have questions. I feel threatened. Um, 
how would you kind of change it up? Like, what would you have enjoyed more in terms of thinking of, I'm trying to think of a more creative way of saying, how would you fix it? <laughs> I don't know. I like, I, those like exposition dumps are always annoying in those kind of movies because they hardly ever make sense. Would, would you enjoy the movie more? Cause I was thinking about this while watching it. If so, Bagul's still in the images. We never see Bagul outside of the images and what's actually pulling the strings is a legitimate cult that's like worshiping Bagul. That'd be kind of cool. So, you know, like, I don't know how you'd work it out with how the daughter gets wrapped up in it, but like, if it turns out there is a human element to it, like that's a bait and switch where you think it's like, you're a hundred percent involved in this supernatural creepy ghost guy in these photos. And then there actually is just a cult that's like worshiping him. That's going from house to house. I feel like you'd have to change a lot of the movie to help support that. Since a lot of this is like multi-states, you know, well, they can travel. Well, yeah. I mean, it's basically going to turn into the, uh, not the following. What was the Kevin Bacon? The following. Yeah. So <laughs> it would basically turn into that though, where everyone's in on it, you know, like, that, but you can keep much. it small, but like like you said, without if you take out the edited, unedited version of the movie where you see the kids with the camera, mm-hmm. it could just be that Colt was the one filming the entire time. Um, you would have to change things mainly with the daughter. Uh, you might have to change if she's the one that does it and just turn it into the Colt's the one that's actually doing the killing, but they just take the kid. Like, I don't know. But would you have liked that better? Would you have felt like it didn't require as many logic jumps. Well, I just, the, the trying to tell me that the ghoul was like Babylonian and then he has a camera, but really he only had money in the sixties uh, <laughs> to get his suit and the camera, you know, like, I, like that kind of stuff. It's whatever. Maybe just don't even tell me about him. Just leave him up to imagination. Spooky. Yeah. We don't know anything about Bagul because he's that, old school he's that hipster there's he's, nothing about him he's that underground <laughs> yeah what about he you goes John? to another school you and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know that i would fix it i thought like i've it's said a perfect movie well that's, i don't i don't know that that's it's not a, what he said I, peter I know, I, know, I know i don't know but it's like when i tune into a scary movie you know i want to be on the edge of my seat which this checked Check. uh i didn't i guess i didn't like any of the characters maybe but i don't know if that would yeah. help make it a better movie necessarily but usually i like to root for the character yeah um, and this is a movie that's primed to like try to make you like if they had made you care about this family that ending would have been a gut punch yeah yeah i did like deputy so and so he's I the guess, only person i liked yeah I liked the uniqueness of the the sh- like ghost children moving in the house was like something I'd never seen before. Like how they moved scared me, oh, and okay. the, how they like, revealed definitely been ghost kids in houses before. No, just like how they showed them moving was yeah, scary, and they were silently. Moving. Yes, and the reveal of them like being next to him in the kitchen, and like the way they did that scene was really yep. scary and good. Yeah, you know, like standing on the table, kind of leaning over. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, like, that was really creepy. That was creepy. So I, I yeah, like that. Very creepy. Props to the creep designer. Yeah, those. So I agree with John in the extent of there isn't a lot I would change because it is just kind of. I'd either them want more rules to explain what's going on or less. You know what I mean? I think they're in an awkward position where they either needed less or more. Uh, I think if they had made the family more likable, instantly a better movie. Uh, other than that, I really wouldn't change much, but I would be intrigued by a version of this where it is like some weird cult 
worshiping Mr. Boogity. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but again, I, I still rank, rank this pretty high in like just a fun horror movie kind of way. It's uh, especially around Halloween. It's just kind of a fun, you know, whatever. Yeah. Cause uh, like, even though I, like I was saying, the design of a ghoul is pretty whatever, but him coming through the screen in the attic is a pretty scary scene that in the like quick shot of him in the bush when he looks outside and sees him in the bush that got me ah here he comes watch out boys Mm. he'll steal your soul (laughs) (laughs) he's mr bagul (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i would not recommend this a sequel i I think it's sad that a sequel didn't work out because i i do think this movie is prime for sequel bait because you just keep making more of the little home videos you just keep having it be passed on I think in the sequel, there's something with a radio. Am I misremembering that? I I don't know. There's like a radio. You just see Bagul a lot too. <laughs> yeah, you see a Bagul way too much. And I think mm. I think they break their own rule in the second one because I think they break the camera, like the video camera that the kid's using to try to film the killing. I'm pretty sure they break that and then that somehow has defeated Bagul <laughs> because the camera's broken that they... You know, he can't make the film anymore, and Bagul's really mad at him or something. But that doesn't make sense, because if you can burn the... You can't burn the film, why can you break the camera? Well, so we saw that you couldn't burn the camera, but maybe you can just brute force smash it. But that... Yeah, again, that's why the second one's not very good. They kind of break their own rules. There are some pretty... The home videos in the second one almost make it worth watching, because they definitely ramp that up. But, yeah, other than that, that's, that's pretty much sinister. Any final thoughts? I mean, I think it's worth your time. What did you think of Ethan Hawke's sweater gang? I liked it. It was a pretty solid. It looked cozy. It looked <laughs> like a sweater I'm surprised you don't have. I yeah. was rooting for that sweater. <laughs> did it make it out? I made it through. <laughs> Talk about likable characters. Yeah. Look at that thread weave or whatever. <laughs> it, it looked like a perfect sweater for like sweater. If it's you know cold outside, you can bundle up in it. But it's hot, you can leave it open. It's still breezy enough. Just <laughs> casually wearing it. No, I mean, it looked really good. Yeah, solid, solid sweater. So that's our takeaway. You know, great sweater, worth your free time. Uh, costume design, top notch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but John, worth your, you very positive. Yeah, yeah. About worth, it. worth your free time. time. Yes. Peter, despite his aggressive. It's not that right though. Your aggressive, it's not aggressive. negativity. He's just reading the, the notes the producer gave him. <laughs> <laughs> you still think it's worth your free time? Oh, yeah. Uh, I definitely think it's worth your free time. And I can't get the image of Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka <laughs> as Bakul out of my head. That's the movie I want to see now. Uh, so, internet, please edit that. Just superimpose Willy Wonka into this movie. Um, I don't know what we're doing next, but I think we're still doing horror films. Um, so we'll see where we go with that. And, uh, oh, we're working on a website. Hopefully we'll have that up soon. We'll let you know once that's actually done. But, uh, until then follow us at TMFT podcast on Twitter and write us an email. Let us know if you want us to review anything at TMFT podcast at gmail.com. We will see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>